The Same Cold by Stephen Dunn. In Minnesota, the serious cold arrived, like no cold I'd have previously experienced, an in-your-face honesty to it, a clarity that always took me by surprise. On blizzard nights, with wires down or in the dead battery dawn, the cold made good neighbors of us all, made us moral because we might need something moral in return. No hitchhiker left on the road, not even some frozen stranger-looking stranger turned away from our door. After a spell of it, I remember, zero would feel warm. People out for walks, jackets open, ice fishermen in their gloria, their shacks moved to Nordic songs. The cold took over our lives, lived in every conversation, as compelling as local dirt or local sport. If bitten by it, stranded somewhere to a person would want to lie down, lie right down in it and sleep. Come February, some of us needed to scream, hurt ourselves, divorce. Once, on Route 23, 30 below, my Maverick seized up, and a man with a blanket and a candy bar, a man, for all weather, stopped and drove me home. It was no big thing to him, the Savior. Just too many said, in the same cold. At our, at our farm, just outside of Union City, Michigan, we didn't celebrate the same holidays as most of our neighbors. But we shared in their delight and anticipation of them just the same. Winter break was just beginning, and we were all excitedly preparing for eight days of Hanukkah festivities. Such cold the winter brings, my bones it makes to ache. My babushka was not fooling me. She loved the snow. It reminded of her, her of her homeland in the Ukraine. As she watched the snow swirling and twirling around, her eyes were filled with light. And then the snowflakes began to dance. My grandfather, oh, my grandfather was from Soviet Georgia, way to the south of Russia. He and Babushka 
spoke Russian and had wonderful accents. They kept their homeland in their hearts, even though they would never be permitted to return. In keeping with tradition, our family works together to prepare for Hanukkah festivities. I began our Hanukkah preparations by taking out our old, tarnished menorah and polishing it. While I rubbed, I watched my grandmother dip the candles that we would later put in the menorah. Babushka tied long strings to a metal rod and then dipped them into a pot of melted beeswax that she kept on the stove. Then she hung the wax-covered strings on the wall to dry before dipping them again to add another layer of wax. She hummed as she dipped, never seeming to tire of the long process, and all the candles dipped together. Grandpa prepared for our festival of lights as well. He carved small toys out of wood. Richard and I weren't supposed to know that he was making them for us, but he did every year. And one afternoon, when he went to town, we couldn't help sneaking into his workroom to take a peek. Grandpa had painted all the animals with colors of his homeland, and all the carved animals pranced. this dancing and look at oh and I love this one a beautiful bird we marveled at how magical they all were you think he made enough for all eight days of Hanukkah you know he has look at this beautiful horse I took one lasting look knowing that soon grandpa would wrap them up in colored paper The next day, I went over to the Kremels for some cornmeal. The Kremels, our nearest neighbor, neighbors, lived half a mile down the road. They were farmers like us, and at harvest time, Mr. Kremel always helped Grandpa. All the neighbors helped each other that way. Grandpa said, friendship means something, especially for those who till the soil. I practically lived at the Kremels because Cherry Kremel was my very best friend. We especially loved the holiday season when I'd watch her family decorate the Christmas tree 
and she'd watch my family light our menorah. I knew the Kremels would be preparing for the arrival of Christmas, bustling around. But when I got there, I found everybody quite sick. Germs were being spread everywhere. Cherry, who was usually full of spitzerinko, as my babushka would say, seemed quiet and weak. She was crying, wondering if Santa would remember where they lived, as they hadn't even been well enough to put up a tree. I quickly ran home and burst into my house. Grandpa, babushka, Richard, everyone at the Kremel's house is sick. They haven't even began to decorate for Christmas. When I was in town today, Dr. Leach told me that many families in our area have come down with scarlet fever. The Kremels must be very ill. We were all worried about our friends, but Babushka was determined that our festival of lights would go on. We prepared latkes and roasted two chickens. Just as the sun set, it was time to light the menorah. Grandpa recited the blessings and lit the shamas, the candle used to light all the others. Babushka put the first candle in the menorah and lit it with the shamas and told the story of our people from long ago. Tonight we are celebrating miracles. The miracle that a very small band of Jewish farmers turned soldiers could defeat a huge Syrian army. They were fighting so that they could worship in their own way. Then there was the miracle of light. One tiny little drop of oil burned in the temple for eight days. Such a miracle. Miracles can happen, even today. Now I'd like to invite the kindergarten through sixth graders up to sing.
after dinner, Grandpa handed us the first of our beautifully wrapped presents. He looked troubled, though. You know, our neighbors are having such a hard time, and this should be a time of gladness for them. If only we could do something to make their holiday special. You know, they always bring a tree into their house. Only in America does a tree grow right out of a living room floor. <laughs> Perhaps we should cut down trees and take them into their houses. It was the perfect way to help. We all jumped into action. Grandpa was already putting on his winter coat, and Richard was following after him. Babushka headed to the kitchen to cook more food, enough to bring a meal to all of our neighbors. I wanted to do something, too. I knew how important it was to have decorations on the trees, but the only things we had were the beautifully carved animals that Grandpa had made. I was at first disappointed, but then I realized something. Our neighbors need cheering, and we're about the only ones who don't have the fever. I'm happy to give up some of our presents if we can have other, our neighbors experience the holidays. Soon our living room was filled with tiny evergreen trees. Grandpa and Richard nailed boards into the bottom of each one so they would stand up. We began placing ornaments on the trees. We laughed and sang as we decorated all the trees together. The carved animal ornaments pranced together. Look, this one is a dancing goat. We shall call these the trees of the dancing goats. <laughs> we worked long into the night, and snow began to fall heavily outside the window. I made a large paper train for each tree to finish the decorations. Babushka packed food and one of her homemade Hanukkah candles into each family's basket. Finally, it was time for us to go out into the snow and deliver our gifts of food and cheer. All of the snowflakes, candles, carved animal ornaments, and candles marched together.
We traveled near and far that night, going to the home of each neighbor, quietly putting a tree in the living room, a basket of food on the table, and then put a candle in the holder for them to light later on. When we returned, it was just about daylight, and we were exhausted, but thrilled. A week later, as we were celebrating the final night of Hanukkah, the Kremels knocked on our door. They had finally recovered from scarlet fever, and they brought something for us. Cherry pulled a beautiful menorah out of a basket that her father had carved for us. On it, he had mounted some of the carved animals that we had given to them. How beautiful. Thank you so much. Let's put it on the table. We are just getting ready to eat our final meal of Hanukkah. Please join us. Everyone around the table was feeling very grateful for the gift of wonderful neighbors and the friendship between us. All our neighbors recovered from that terrible fever, and few were left with any permanent damage. What they were left with was a long-cherished memory of that Christmas when Santa really did come. And my family, too, has never forgotten that incredible winter of the fever, the miracle of true friendship, and the trees of the dancing goats. The end. Thank you so much to all of our participants.